This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to Episode 9 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. We all know we should eat more vegetables. It's a message that's been drummed into all of us since primary school. But what does it actually mean? How much should we eat? How do we cook them? Should we cook them? What oils should we use? Culinary nutrition is an increasingly popular field of study that helps bring dietary recommendations to life and allows people to know exactly what they should do with their food to make it fun and interesting. That's according to accredited practising dietitian Jackie Plozza, who has a specific interest in the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil and the Mediterranean diet. Jackie tells Chris Ashmore that the crux of culinary nutrition is food preparation and cooking with nutrition in mind. It's basically making a recommendation like eat more vegetables, implementable and practical and not boring and taste great as well. So it's really kind of encouraging people to step more into the space of helping people day to day with sustainable dietary recommendations. They can continue but are interesting and delicious as well. So it's a very new thing for the industry. It is. I guess it's definitely the hot topic, but it's not necessarily a new concept. It's something people have been trying to champion for a while. But I think what has happened in the dietetics industry, there's a lot of people that are doing really well in that space. But for a while there, it's almost like people and dietitians kind of stepped away from working so much with the food industry. And that's, I'm not saying all dietitians, but there are some dietitians that kind of stepped away from food industry or perceive that as not so interesting or not so exciting, or that it might be something where you're just kind of in the basement of a hospital recommending skim milk powder in mashed potato. And it's just not that. It's so important, like dietary recommendations and bringing them to life is incredibly important. And in fact, culinary nutrition has been described as really the concept that will help change the health of the nation. So we really need to becoming more innovative and helping clients and patients and people that we might communicate with on social media to really bring dietary recommendations to life in a way that's fun and interesting and easy. When did you first come across the concept of culinary nutrition? I first heard about culinary nutrition at the Dietitian Unite conference, and that runs every year by Dietitian Connection, which is really like a leading health professional association for dietitians in Australia. So they really lead the way in terms of championing the industry and pushing it forward and really leading innovation and where dietitians should be placing themselves. And so that topic came up at their conference by Emma Sterling, who is a real leader in our industry and has been championing culinary nutrition and encouraging dietitians to step into that space and the social media space as well as the key health professional in terms of nutrition intervention and recommendations. How do you see the Mediterranean diet fitting in with the culinary nutrition space? Well, firstly, our dietary recommendations, for example, in Australia, recommend five serves of vegetables a day. And at last count, the most recent count of that, four to seven percent of the population is meeting that. So it's great. It's really important that we have dietary recommendations. But we also need a way to bring them to life. And the US dietary guidelines, for example, which are more current than ours, so ours are, are pretty much due for a review soon. I think the last review was 2013. The US dietary guidelines actually have the Mediterranean diet in there as a gold standard style of eating to help bring their recommendations to life. So really, it's one of those traditional diets that we know is sustainable. It's been around for a very long time. I know you had Dr. Simon Poole on as well, and he will say that it's one of the longest running dietary fads. We know it's not a fad. It's a sustainable dietary pattern. 
but it's tasty and there's so many important elements and food combinations in there that are contributing to its health benefits and its longevity and its sustainability. So we've always known that eating vegetables is good for our health, but this gives it sort of a practicality. It shows people what they should be eating and yeah. guides them into exactly what, so, what they put on the plate. So rather than just saying, try and increase your veggie intake by one serve a day or have more veggies at lunch and have more veggies at dinner, how can people do that? And traditionally or typically in Western countries like Australia and the US, if you think about the way we normally consume our veggies, people are doing that, you know, they're steaming them or boiling them. That's not very tasty. And the Mediterranean diet, I guess the key fat in the Mediterranean diet is extra virgin olive oil and it's used throughout everything. So they cook in it. If you look at the evidence, it helps facilitate vegetable and legume consumption. So even getting people to move away from steaming and boiling vegetables to something as simple as cooking their vegetables in extra virgin olive oil, one, it's healthier and two, it tastes better and they're more likely to eat more. We're probably already answering the next question. That is about extra virgin olive oil. How does that fit in with culinary nutrition? When I was at this talk, I remember standing at the back of the room and as Emma was talking the whole way through about this concept of culinary nutrition and foods that fit into that, I remember thinking that extra virgin olive oil is just the perfect example of a food that showcases culinary nutrition. And I reached out to her afterwards and she was kind enough to share her presentation with me and she agreed. She said, really, you should be leading the way here. You've got a perfect food to showcase that. And I guess there's a couple of reasons for that. So firstly, extra virgin olive oil is not just a unique oil. It's also a very unique food. So it's the unique plant compounds in there, including the biophenols, which are antioxidants, and the minor natural plant compounds in extra virgin olive oil are responsible for its health benefits or they play a very large role in its health benefits, but also its flavour and its versatility. So particularly in Australia, you'll get anything from a light flavoured extra virgin olive oil through to a robust flavoured extra virgin olive oil, same as in the US, because we're not steeped in tradition. So we've got lots of different olive varieties. And because of that, we can produce a light flavoured extra virgin olive oil, which is naturally lower in antioxidants, but still high quality and still tasty through to a robust extra virgin olive oil that's high in antioxidants, healthy and tasty. And because of that, there's all this versatility. So you could use your light flavoured extra virgin olive oil for sweet dishes and making mayonnaises and baking. And you can use the robust for things like stews and casseroles and dipping breads. Particularly in Australia and the US, we're known as the modern industry. And because we're not so steeped in tradition, we have lots of different olive varieties and flavour profiles to play with. So it's this very versatile oil and food because of those plant compounds that also contribute to its health benefits that also contribute to its taste and its versatility. So you're saying places in Europe, for example, that are more traditional with their use of olive oil, they don't have as much variety? Yeah. So I guess, again, in Australia and the US, we're known to be master blenders. So we're very good at blending different olive varieties to give a whole gamut of different flavour profiles in extra virgin olive oil. And some of your more traditional producing countries have one, you know, one or two olive varieties like Piquel, for example. And so if you go to that country or you go to that area, the extra virgin olive oil that you're going to taste is typically going to have a similar profile. So those different varieties, if you go into a supermarket or a specialty store and you're looking for those softer olive oils or the deeper, richer ones, how do you determine which is which? Is it easy to do? Well, that's a really good question. I think uh, <laughs> I think the oil aisle has traditionally been very confusing. So what I would tell people, always choose extra virgin first and foremost. That would be your first thing. If you're going for olive oil, 
it'll be refined and those minor plant compounds that are responsible for the health, the taste, the flavour, the versatility, they won't be there. So first and foremost, always select extra virgin olive oil. Secondly, look for the certification in that country. So if you're in Australia, look for the Australian Olive Oil Association symbol to say that it's definitely certified and it truly is an extra virgin olive oil. Then you can look at how it's describing its flavours. So you might see something on the bottle that says something like a light flavoured or a mild flavoured extra virgin olive oil, and then you'll see one that might be described as robust or stronger in flavour. But if you're seeing something that says light olive oil and it's not extra virgin, that's a completely different thing. I'd just say look extra virgin, look for the certification and then look for the description of flavour, which should be there on the front of the bottle. If I can play out a few scenarios with my cooking, I want to cook some meat. What would you recommend, a more robust extra virgin olive oil? I think for meat, a more robust is going to be really delicious in terms of meat dishes, even kind of mid-range flavour as well. So I'll often go for the mid-range kind of flavour variety to the robust for meat. I think they're both great. I guess as a dietitian, that element I'll always layer on top of that is practicality. So for someone that might be a patient or a client that's new to extra virgin olive oil, I'd always encourage them to choose the one that they like because they're going to use it more. So there's no reason you can't use a a light or a mild flavoured extra virgin olive oil in a meat dish as well. But in terms of food pairing, probably a robust extra virgin olive oil or a mid-range is going to go better with a meat dish. We touched upon it, but what goes better with, say, a lighter tasting extra virgin olive oil? So your lighter tasting extra virgin olive oils go really good. For example, one food pairing hack that I love to share, and this is completely stolen by our technical director and chief oil maker, Leandro, is using a light flavoured extra virgin olive oil with a slice of orange and then sprinkling over some cinnamon sugar, then pouring over your light or mild flavoured extra virgin olive oil. And what that does is turn a healthy fruit into more of a pastry consistency. So we want to be eating more fruit and it's kind of making that a bit more fun. And that's a traditional dish in Europe as well. Mm. So that's one way to pair. Light flavoured extra virgin olive oils are great in sweet dishes and baking where you just don't want to pick up that more robust flavour or, you know, you want more of a delicate flavour. Mayonnaises go good with a light flavoured extra virgin olive oil. You can make a Bernays sauce with a light flavoured extra virgin olive oil as well rather than butter. Mm. So more when you're kind of after those delicate flavours. Dipping with bread, what do you do? What do you recommend? I love the more robust because I love picking up on that flavour with bread as well. So a robust extra virgin olive oil goes really well with bread and even a bit of salt like to cut through as well, the starchiness. So, you know, if you think about bread or wheat bix or any kind of carbohydrate or starch or potato, you'd never eat it on its own. It's really hard to do. Oil cuts through that and a robust extra virgin olive oil pairs really well with starchy foods and salt. Well, for dietitians working in the space or wanting to lead in this space more, what are some practical take-home points to encourage people to use extra virgin olive oil in their daily diet? I would first and foremost encourage just keeping up with the research. Those old kind of messages or those more, I don't want to say boring, but really they are in reality of just increase your vegetable consumption. It's not working. If it was, we wouldn't have such low uptake of vegetables in Australia. There was a study that came out recently on sofrito, which is a Mediterranean tomato-based sauce, like a pasta sauce. It includes extra virgin olive oil, tomato, onion and garlic. And it was a really nice, clean, interesting study that showed when you gave healthy males a single dose of sofrito after withholding tomato-based products for three days and then having a, a low antioxidant diet the day before, 
they tested their bloods and their urine up to 24 hours afterwards, and you saw a clear improvement in their inflammatory markers. So even things like combining healthy foods is having this really acute and quite amazing effect on our bodies. And there's really interesting studies on vegetables and pairing it with extra virgin olive oil, particularly in the last couple of years, to show that, you know, when you cook in extra virgin olive oil, you increase the absorption of the glucosinolates and the carotenoids, which are nutrients found in vegetables, in the veggies. So that's really interesting and that's really up-to-date and cutting research that you can share with patients that, one, makes their vegetables taste better and, two, is healthier for them and, three, it shows that you're up-to-date with the evidence and you're sharing interesting facts rather than just that old hat message of increase your veggie consumption. Dr Mary Flynn, who is also on the Olive Wellness Institute advisory panel, one of her rules of thumbs that I really love because it's simple and people can remember it is include one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil to one cup of vegetables. So it's kind of something simple. They can take it home. It's easy to remember and it's empowering because it's not that hard to do. And I guess the other thing is health benefits for extra virgin olive oil start at two to three tablespoons a day. So including some of that science and some of those practical ways to do it is empowering a patient or a client to be able to eat healthier for longer term, like a sustainable way of eating healthy. Jackie Plaza. And that ends episode nine of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.